0: Welcome to the Psych NP Cast, a podcast made specifically for psychiatric mental health nurse practitioners and their peers. You're about to enjoy, be educated, and entertained about your profession. Just remember, folks, the views you hear on this show are those of our amazing guests. Always validate what you do through your best guidelines and patient care standards. Now, let's get to the show. Let's get to the show indeed. Welcome to another episode of Psych Cast, the place where psychiatric mental health nurse practitioners and their peers come to be educated, entertained, and grow. I'm your host, Ed Stern. My pronouns are he, him, and his. I live in the Washington, D.C. area. I am a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner student, a longtime healthcare professional, and a radio personality. Today's episode features Justin Bethany. He is a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. He's here to talk about his integrative model to care and the book that he wrote called The Mental Wellness Diet. All the stuff he's talking about is going to be in the show notes attached to this podcast. So take a look when you're ready to jot that information down. Let's get to that interview with Justin. Justin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about your practice?
1: Great. Thanks, Ed. So thanks for having me on. I'm Justin Bethany, a nurse practitioner. I was recently in California and had a practice there, but moved to Oregon uh, this past summer. The invite I got for your show was based on a book that I just published in September of 2020. And so we'll be talking about that. But I have an outpatient private practice in Bend, Oregon, as a psychiatric nurse practitioner. My practice is based on uh, medications as needed I give a little extra time to my patients, and then I dig into the body, do some functional medicine, integrative medicine-type interventions to try to give a a holistic treatment plan for my patients. That's great. What's the name of your practice? Just my name, Justin Bethany. Yeah. Okay. It's easy to find.
0: Yeah. So, Justin, what prompted you to write the book?
1: Well, I was learning a lot. I discovered Functional Medicine, which has its own Institute of Functional Medicine, own organization. It's become... More popular term nowadays, but I've discovered functional medicine while I was in nursing school. And Mm -hmm. um, it was just a different perspective. And it goes a little bit against the medical model. Uh, It talks about discovering root cause, a lot of patient education, a lot of helping the person help themselves. And ironically, that was basically what I was learning how to approach patients in nursing school. That's the nursing model.
0: Right. As I was going to just say, yeah, it's very similar to the nursing model, which is one of the reasons why we're so powerful as psych MPs, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Um, So that was—it's always an interesting thing in functional medicine. They'll talk about you kind of have to unlearn your conventional medicine thinking style. Mm-hmm. You don't uh, categorize everything. Figure out what disease they have, and then look to the shelf which medicine is supposed to work for that disease. Then give mm. the patient that medicine, and then if they say it doesn't work, well, then there's something wrong with the patient. <laughs> right. So it's interesting, you know, I, going through medical school, that was a bit of, of uh, a conflict, it, you know, so much medicine to be learned in a short amount of time. And then also trying to apply the nursing principles and then int- being interested in functional medicine it was all a lot happening all at once. But I got through it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think every nurse practitioner can identify with the, the sink or swim experience <laughs> when you gra- when you graduate. And I think, Ed, you're, you're on your, you're about to jump off the ship sink or swim yourself i think it's the plank actually that plank. i'm about to jump off of but yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very, true. Well, we're, very true we're here for you if you need <laughs> good um, so that was 2012 i guess when i was into functional medicine and i just graduated and just started seeing patients um I, I started off seeing children in psych and then expanded to different jobs that i had to see adults so now i see both and so it was an accumulation of knowledge and I had the knowledge, and I didn't have enough time to tell every patient about all the things in the book in my half-hour visits. I mm, really? decided to write a book so they could choose to absorb it you know, at their leisure.
0: So the mental wellness diet is primarily then designed for the layperson?
1: It, yes. It's 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 an invitation to learn more. So there's... Ooh, I like how you said Yeah, that. there's... A, I tried to be funny, so there's some analogies. Um, hopefully you'll dig in there and find some things that are humorous. There's, uh, in the analogies kind of help explain with real life examples, what's going on in the brain. The brain is kind of built on a balance. There's like a house of cards. We Mm -hmm. can go into some more of those analogies. Yeah, we're going to absolutely later on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an invitation, but what I, what I say about my book tongue in cheek is that, you know, people come for the brain nutrition science, but they stay for the validation. There's a, the largest chapter is the chapter on stress, which is uh, yeah. chapter three. And it, it just validates what's going on uh, in the world today. So the, the villain in the book is modern day life. You know, there's so much pressure nowadays mm-hmm. to be polished and presentable and schnazzy and witty and smart and sexy and not too old, but not too young. And just you name it, especially kids today feel a lot of this, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's about um, saying, Hey, wait a minute. Of course, you're feeling the way you're feeling, you know, look at the context, look at the situation you're in. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of go through the food system, uh, our environmental pressures, our social pressures, our time pressures, and then how modern day life kind of pushes away from good sleep, good community connections, good food. So let's talk a little bit
0: about that. So modern day life. I mean, I think you're right. We've moved into a society that's very much about the Joneses. We're very much about Amazon two D two day delivery is still far too right. slow. So, you know, how, how can I get things before I think about going to the web page to order it? I really wish it would show up. Um, <laughs> and all those other aspects. So correct me if I'm wrong, but really what you're talking about is sort of the, the resulting inflammatory process that I mean, I, I've seen that in, 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 you know, in the book as well. Is
1: that kind of where you're you're approaching things from or is it bigger than that? Yeah, that's a good summary. Um, stress is inflammatory. Just, just as, uh-huh. you know, everybody knows you're not supposed to eat too much sugar. We know it. We don't mm-hmm. always follow it, but we know that that's true. It's good stuff, man. It feels yeah. good. So, uh, but in yeah. a way, so does uh, working 80 hours a week and bragging to your friends about it or people I meet, who are in school now, will talk about like, you know, I just want to get straight A's. And it's kind of like, well, what for exactly? Does that get you a better job or something? And it's just like, no, I just want to maybe prove it to myself or just know it. So it's like external Mm -hmm. thing that you can lean upon to kind of fill yourself up. We're all victims of that. I mean, I wrote a book. If I was going to do, if I was going to entitle this talk, it would be don't write a book. <laughs> it took a huge chunk well, out of me to write the book. I'm, I'm proud of it and I, I hope it helps people. But, uh, that same, I was a victim of the same pressure trying to put this together. So you're not working on part
0: two, you're not <laughs> working on volume two of the book then.
1: Every day is a struggle. Ed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you didn't answer that question. So, okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, you know, uh, my whole practice in this whole book kind of follows that saying, there but for the grace of God go I Uh, I don't find myself Mm -hmm. to be very religious but I love that quote and uh, oddly I share it with patients and a lot of patients have never heard of that so I'm not sure uh, if Mm it just I came across it or if it's a really popular quote but we're just people and we're just trying everybody's just trying and we're seeking a better thing for ourselves in life and you know
0: no I get that Uh, you know There was a particular point in my life personally where I, you know, I, I was, I had kind of gone very, very far off the deep end. And now it was when I was a teenager, ended up getting adopted and and brought into another family. And the guy, you know, who's, I now consider my brother in every other way. One day when I was young, you know, he looked at me and he basically said, Ed, shit happens. And it's the first time in my life, anybody had ever said that to me. And me being the weirdo that I am, I've converted that these days. And I usually would say feces occurs because <laughs> that just seems a little bit more professional, but I find myself, I think there's that that's that connection right there, but for the grace of, or, you know, feces occurs, things are going to happen around you. It's a matter of you maintaining and, and, and keeping yourself in, along the way. I think that that's, you know, that's a great point. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think that's, that's, that's amazing. All right. So if we're talking about modern day life and all of the things, right? You mentioned competition, life pressure, stressors. You know, financial issues. Geez, this past year with COVID, politics. You know, I mean, all of us have met patients that have basically spent the entire appointment talking about you know, either COVID, politics, or good God, both. And, and so, all of that you're saying, you know, through the aspects of functional medicine there's a direct correlation between how all of that impacts our brain and how, and, and the book is looking to help us essentially re- repair and replace that, that nutrient deficit.
1: Uh, yeah, you could, you could, you could kind of uh, summarize it that way. Um, so I wrote, okay. How would you summarize it? Uh, I thought I'd have this book wrapped up in three months. So uh, my youngest daughter, uh-huh. gray, she's 17 months going on 18 months and oh a God. few months before she was born, I started writing, figuring, you know, I'm going to be busy when she's born. So I'll just get this knocked out real quick. I mean, who can't relate <laughs> to that? And so that was 20, yeah. 2019. This, it, I wrote this book before mm. the world ended and it's about the world ending. So <laughs> I guess I got lucky I don't, as it's like, you know, kind of applicable for today. Um, but, you know, yeah, so w- yeah. what I wrote about in the book were, were subtle pressures in life. You know, you, everybody, mm. I, the people within my observations, in my personal life, uh, the people that I know, in my patients, it's as if we're walking up to people and people are looking at us, looking at us saying like, well, what makes you so special? We feel this pressure mm. to like have an answer that's like not, I don't know. It, it's a subtle pressure that's, yeah. that's constant and pervasive. Uh, so that's one of the stressors that's kind of covered in the book. Uh, other stressors are burning the midnight oil, rob, robbing Peter to pay mm-hmm. Paul, you know, not sleeping as much, skipping breakfast, yeah, skipping home. lunch, kind of <laughs> like eating eating your lunch at your desk. I, I would always do that just because uh-huh. it was so much to socialize during lunch after I socialized all day with patients. But there's there's missing links there. You know, we need social connection, we need lunch, we need breakfast, we need at least six and a half hours of quality sleep. Uh, we need recreation and leisure. I mean, this, this book is really fifth grade health class. I think I, um, I'm mm-hmm. going to turn 40 here soon. I think I might have been one of the last generations that got some of the good extracurriculars in middle school. Health class, gym, art, mm-hmm. music. I feel like they, they've been cutting a lot of that stuff. And so we had this generation of people who are robotic in a way kind of one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. We need to reclaim, re- reclaim our humanness.
0: That's a great way to look at it. And, and many people come
1: to us with the assumption that we can fix it with a pill. Yes. Some patients have wanted Adderall to be better, faster, stronger, quicker. Not necessarily... <laughs> I need to find
0: the $6 million man. Sure, yeah. That
1: not that necessarily <laughs> to treat clinical adhd even though they may have it they have aspirations mm-hmm. uh from what they've told me to to be better but it so there's something yeah. obviously yeah. clearly missing in that in that premise mm-hmm.
0: right so the fix isn't more stimulus uh, fix isn't more sugar more 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 stimulants more caffeine whatever that there's a bigger picture that your, that your book
1: is Your book is self-published. Them. Um, I, I don't know, you know, yeah. some of the, some of the gist is to aim lower. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think I would have gotten picked up by a publisher with that, you know, that kind of <laughs> ideal. Um, you're not supporting big pharma. So yeah, how that's, could that's you? That's also true. Uh, yeah. or, uh, <laughs> no supplement company would specialize broccoli extract. That's not part of the diet. Um, Yeah. So uh, it's, we are, we are all like beautiful, wonderful human beings that are unique and we all have something to offer. You know, that message isn't as commonly, sometimes it's out there, but that isn't as repetitive as maybe it should be in our society. Yeah.
0: No, I love the way you say that. So let's spend some time diving into the book as as nurse practitioners might look at this book and see a value for themselves as well as for encouraging their patients to read it i love the way that you outlined the book before we started the interview you asked me what parts of the book i've, I've reviewed and i really enjoyed the last half of the book or so where you really outlined how we respond how we build how we fuel protect and balance our body can we maybe go through each of those and spend a little bit of time letting the audience know what your focus is and that from the perspective of, of a nurse practitioner?
1: Well, I think you and I talked off, offline and we talked about what a nurse practitioner is other than being defined as not a doctor. <laughs> right. You know, uh, nurse, pra- nurse practitioners, we're different than doctors. Some may argue that we're less than a doctor and that's fine to make that argument. But we, we don't practice the medical model. In reality, sometimes we do because healthcare kind of forces us to prescribe meds and do med management and bill accordingly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I remember my first month in nursing school, it was really frustrating. Uh, we had our tuning fork and our blood pressure cuffs, and we were really all very anxious to, to learn how to not mess up when we got on the floor in clinicals and know what we're doing and, and mm-hmm. do the medical mm-hmm. Uh, blood and gut stuff. And then the whole first month was all nursing diagnoses, which is <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. It didn't fall right. risk, yeah, failure to yeah, thrive. Impaired coping. yeah, Impaired coping, <laughs> yeah. Impaired coping problems, skills. Yeah, skin right. integrity. Right. So that felt like a waste of time as a, as like a, a quote-unquote mm-hmm. freshman in nursing school. But not now. Not now. I, I think I think about it. I don't do nursing plan. I don't write them out. But I think that way when I think about people, because it's not like a puzzle walking into your office. It's not a project. It's a person. That person has to be mm-hmm. with you on the journey. They have to work on their how they're coping. They have to put energy in. They have to take the risk to change. So my favorite yeah. nursing theorist is Hildegard Peplau. She talked about joining with the patient, letting them use your strength, not necessarily doing for them, but letting them borrow your strength until they get better, and then you need to back away. You need to leave, and then let them kind of take it from there. Mm -hmm. Kind of like teaching a kid to ride a bike with no training wheels. So I think that's what nurse practitioners do day in and day out. And this book, getting back to the book, I mean, this book is about coping. It's about deciding not to Mm -hmm. stay up late, deciding to eat breakfast, thinking about what kind of foods you eat, like the quality of food, kind of avoiding sugars and grains, some of the obvious stuff. And then, you know, I tried to make regular old food sexy again. Mm. You know, there's, there's a ton of iron in B12 and zinc in red meat. Red meat's been kind of vilified, but it's got a lot of like nutrients that really support brain function. So what I tried to do in the last final chapter mm. is so respond is basically neurotransmitters being secreted and that's responding to a stimulus in the environment. Stimulus in the environment will trigger a release of neurotransmitters. And so if you have adequate supply of neurotransmitters, you have appropriate elimination of neurotransmitters, you're going to get a balanced response. A balanced response, balance is great. Balance is what we want. We don't want high. We don't want low. We want balanced, appropriate. And so you're going to get a good response. My favorite nursing term, homeostasis. Right. So that's, cha- that's the uh, response chapter. And then build. Build is about our neuronal membranes. So communication in the brain is kind of membrane to membrane the membranes have to be fluid they have to be flexible they have to be able to branch out across to each other they have to be healthy enough and full enough to invite protein receptors and transporters uh, they have to be healthy you have to have a healthy neuronal membrane so what are the the nutrients that help build it's very common sense like what what builds that uh, choline cholesterol omega threes so you know, those, those nutrients are covered in that chapter. Uh, fuel is about mitochondria. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took it in a certain direction with the, this fuel chapter. Mitochondria help fuel the frontal cortex and, you know, like the back half of the brain, you've heard of the saying about mullets, biz- business up front, <laughs> party and back. Yes. I think that's si- similar to how the brain works. You know, uh-huh. what's in the back is the visual cortex, the auditory cortex, the limbic system, but up in the front, is the little alien driving the spaceship making sure that we're acting like adults. That frontal cortex needs Mm. energy to do its job. You know, its job is to kind of shush and like a school teacher, kind of keep organized the rest of the brain. So so fuel is important for all aspects Mm. of the brain, but especially that frontal cortex, which helps us think through our problems, you know, feel and act and think rationally, be future-oriented, do some of these coping things, Learn how to like eat breakfast and uh, have some self-control to fall asleep at night and fight through that inflammation induced isolation drive and go and socialize Mm and do what you know is good for you. So, I mean, some of these tips in the book on lifestyle are not secrets, but how do you help people get there? yeah just make making what you're doing is you're making the connections and help people who may not have
0: taken that fifth grade health, health class put the pieces together speaking of yeah <laughs> speaking of mullets uh, according to my barber mm-hmm. they're they're back in style oh. Um, and you know, we all know sweatpants are back yeah. in style. I mean, <laughs> most of us have been probably practicing for the past year wearing sweatpants and a good shirt, but <laughs> it's weird to think that COVID's brought back the mullet, uh,
1: it's A little disappointing, <laughs> well, hey, but you know, why, why not? You know, we'll take it. So moving on, protect was the, the other one. And that is the, the psychiatry has moved off of the serotonin theory, the chemical imbalance theory, or at least they're going to. Functional medicine has its own theory about depression, and it's all about inflammation. I think in re- reality, there's seven different ways you can become depressed. Maybe it is, uh, for some reason, you don't have enough serotonin manufactured. Perhaps for you, it is like in inf- over too much inflammation in the body that's reaching your brain. Perhaps it's like grief or loss or trauma. So there's, I think there's a lot of different pathways towards that, but protect chapter is all about the the defunctional medicine kind of promoted theory about inflammatory messengers in the brain eventually reaching, or in the body eventually reaching the brain. And some of those cytokines, inflammatory messengers can overstimulate MDMA receptors, which overexcites Mm -hmm. the brain, in particular, uh, the emotional centers of the brain. So... It's inflammatory in more ways than one. That leads us to the final chapter, which is balance. And balance is how, from the research that I, that I discovered and what I've kind of seen clinically, there's plenty of scientific research articles cited in the book. An imbalance between excitation and inhibition in the brain is a problem. This is research that initially stemmed mm-hmm. from, obviously, Boston somewhere. Some They were researching autism. And so uh, you can Google the or PubMed to search mm. the term E slash I imbalance, and that's a, that's like a subject that's being studied. Mm. But anyways, too much excitation and inadequate inhibition is an over overexcited state, and in my belief, that can lead to panicky anxiety, dark stormy thoughts, unstable moods, perhaps even psychosis. The brain is kind of like a, a built like a house of cards. It needs both competing mm-hmm. pressures. So that's balance. Okay.
0: That's great. Integrating those things into your practice, how would you say that you might practice differently than somebody who's not integrating all this nutritional approach into
1: uh, into? Well, ed- education. I think a lot of people, if you take the first half of my book, which is the validation and the stress and the pressures that we're under the subtle pressures that are just around us so much, it's kind of like the goldfish swimming in water doesn't know it's swimming in water, just knows it's there. Mm-hmm. And so that validation, you know, sometimes I hear patients say like, wow, well, you know, like I've never been able to put it into words. I, I felt this thing and it really bothered me and, mm-hmm. and I hated it and I hate myself and, and, I, and these are the experiences I had, but I never connected the dot. I never was able to put into words the way that I feel. Thank you. That, that is a treatment. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is an intervention, in, in my mm-hmm. opinion, and a powerful one, too. It maybe won't fix all problems, yeah. but that's a great start. Uh, and then for the second half of the book, there's a, a taking up for granted. I recently wrote a, a blog post entitled Don't Skip Breakfast. or It's, it's actually entitled Skip Breakfast, mm-hmm. Pass on Lunch, Lose Our Cookies. because. Okay. We don't maybe always realize this, but okay. if you go long periods without eating, you are, it's possible that you, your blood sugar will drop, right? If you're not consuming food, your blood sugar is going to drop. If your blood sugar drops, mm-hmm. your body's going to sense that. Your brain's going to sense that and not like it. It's going to either trigger you to eat or it has this other mm-hmm. mechanism. It can go to the liver and the muscles to unlock uh, stored glycogen, break that down and release that into the blood and then everything's great. Mm-hmm. But the key that unlocks those that stored up glycogen are the stress hormones. You know, it's like a basically a really good mechanism to have if you were evolving as a caveman and couldn't find food for a couple days. Now, how would you have the energy to go hunt still? Uh, So the price we pay for that stress hormone release is stress. You know, have you ever uh, woken up, maybe skip breakfast or just had a coffee for breakfast, get to work, you know, you're running, you're humming. You're going crazy, I'm getting everything done, I'm a superhero, and it's Mm -hmm. like 2 p.m. and you just want to take a nap or you need another coffee or a donut. And then you keep going and then you get home and then you crash. Mm -hmm. And you think it's normal, Hmm. or you're a superhero. Right. So There's a longer term price to be paid for uh, the the excessive stress hormone secretion. Uh, Cortisol can damage the hippocampus, uh, can turn the, the frontal cortex off, which we talked about earlier. So there's this price to be paid. And so Mm -hmm. if you're in the middle of it, you as a person would not necessarily connect those dots. If you're sitting in my office, we're going to, I have a huge whiteboard in my office that I'm always standing up and and using that to kind of map things out and make it visual. And the, the connecting of dots is really important. And this gets back to the nursing theory of why do I need, why is there pressure on me to pick the right med when I can help you? educate you and teach you how to take care of yourself and you can cope better. And then we're in a position where we're still going to use meds maybe, but we're going to rely less upon them. That the locus of control gets transferred from the patient Mm -hmm. to either the medication or me. And I don't want that. Yeah. It's a great way to,
0: you know, to approach it. So would you say that as, as NPs who may not be sort of integrating these kinds of things into you know, into their patient care model, what sort of advice would you have for them?
1: Sure. Well, I think there's so much that could be done. And I feel like I helped people without ever talking about these things. I remember there's there's so much for the taking when you step into this role. I remember there was one patient who was recently, I, I saw him just yesterday after four years, and he was recently suicidal and hospitalized. And he came out and he saw me for the first time. And I basically continued the meds that he was already on, but I related to him as a person kept boundaries and it was professional, but I sat and I listened and I looked him in the eye and it kind of helped retell his story of, from what we could discover in that first one appointment, you know, how this came to be. And at the end, you know, I was like a busy day and I was like, okay, you know, like I can see the clock. It's five minutes past. um, I'm I'm sweating because I got to get to the next patient and I want them to get too upset. And I'm walking him out in the in the hallway. He stops me and he says, "Uh, "Are are you going to help me?" And (laughs) I can see my next patient, so I'm like, "Yes, I'm going to help you. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week." And then that's that was my experience of that encounter. (laughs) But his experience, and he brings it up all the time, was that like you know you saved my life. I don't know if I deserve that credit, especially Mm -hmm. because I was trying to hustle him out of the door. But he he hung on to that. What I gave him was like somebody who I was invested. I cared. I listened. I knew. I recognized which problems couldn't be fixed today, but I gave him some hope that we can we can move forward and maybe there's a chance. The future is brighter, and that relating is something a nurse practitioner is is very well capable of doing, and and it's very powerful. And I guess in this case mm-hmm. was apparently life saving.
0: No, oh, that's great. And then how would you see that people might integrate your model of, of educating people of, about the nutritional aspect and how all of this nutritional support and, you know, not just jumping to the pill, but jumping to lifestyle improvement,
1: diet improvement, et cetera. Well, it's a great question. Um, when I first opened my doors as a a functional medicine, psychiatry practice, uh, nobody came. (laughs) It, it, It wasn't within the yeah, perhaps. They just assumed you were going to burn sage around them and, and, and chant. Trying to work on that, trying to integrate functional medicine in my practice when I was in an insurance-based outpatient clinic, it's hard to change somebody's diet. It's almost like you have better luck changing their religion than the way that they eat. It's not everybody's up for it. <laughs> you know, hmm. Maybe, yeah. So Some people, the way they eat is their religion. Uh, I had to learn that. I had to learn that not everybody's interested or not everybody's ready. not everybody has like the wherewithal to kind of do this. So, you know, it begins with reading and learning the science. Uh, You can start with my book and you could read my book, but go to the back of the book, look at the references and, you know, see if you can get beyond the abstract and the full text and see what you can get and uh, try to just learn it for yourself. If you learn it, you know it. If you know it, you teach it. If you teach it, then it has like a chance to take an effect for people. So don't put so much pressure on yourself in the beginning to be doing all this thing. Get yourself out of the medical model of X supplement for X disease. That's the medical model. Think about how people are coping, how they're eating, how they're relating, how they're Mm -hmm. sleeping, and and try to nudge them forward the best you can. And it's going to work.
0: That's great. Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned something that you had moved out of sort of the traditional insurance-based model. Do you continue to practice medication management as well as nutritional
1: management supplements and everything or have you actually moved backwards if I could be honest? How so? Well, I was like I said I was gung ho on functional medicine out the gate and then when when somebody comes to you with mental illness, that's their full-time job on top of their actual full-time job on top of any kind of responsibilities they have for themselves or their family. So that doesn't leave me a lot to work with. And, um, you know, I I find that a lot of people come to me Mm. because I'm the natural guy, but they come to me at the 11th hour. That's human nature. And so it's a turnoff to be Mm -hmm. uh, throwing all this information at them. I actually don't really talk about my book that much with current patients. It's a surprise to them. Mm. And they're always trying to hand me 20 bucks because that's all (laughs) they and it's $16. And so I don't know how to handle that. (laughs) I just tell them to raise raise your rate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Raise the price (laughs) of the book. Um, I'll sign it for the extra $4. So there you go. You got to readiness is, is huge and you got to find where Mm -hmm. people are ready. And, um, that, that takes, I guess, experience and tact. And I guess, again, it's kind of part of the nursing model, knowing when somebody's ready to take over the wheel, there's a, there's a, there's a process, there's a progression. You know, typically, if you're meeting somebody at the eleventh hour, stabilizing, instilling hope and confidence, you know, coloring things with a little bit of hope and faith. I think uh, mm-hmm. Freud said that. And then, as you see them doing well, then it's time to say, okay, well, you know, are you, are you interested in like coming off of the medications, like tapering down? Are you interested yeah. in adding more? What do you, how's your sleep? I know you said you wanted to work on that. What's your diet like? Uh, what can we do? What I hear
0: you describing is truly an integrative medicine approach, right? You're not, you're not going wholly naturopathic or Ayurvedic here. Just take, just take these supplements and burn some sage and rub caffeine on your belly and you'll be fine. I hear you meeting people where they are today Mm. and then working in a true nursing model from that middle, from that core of where they are today in many directions at once.
1: Yeah, it's you know, actually in functional medicine, there's an acronym called go to it. Uh, mm. go, G is for gather. So you're gathering information. O is for organize. And that's kind of different for everybody, you know, kind of talk about inflammation and uh, gut health and all the systems. Mm-hmm. And then T is tell. You know, once you gather all the information and you organize it and you have the story in your mind as the provider, then you tell the story back to the patient. It really, that's that's all you probably really need to do. I mm-hmm. could have just been G O T. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, I is like initiate treatment and then T is obviously track, track your outcomes and adjust as necessary. Right. Well, if it was just G O T that would mean you got it. And do we ever really get
0: it right? It's a moving target. So maybe, right. We're, we're move go to it. Just get your, or get her done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could work on that one.
1: Yeah,
0: we'll work on it. Get yeah. Done. yeah. <laughs> get her done. Um, I can't take credit for that obviously. <laughs> well, that's great. So I hear that what you're doing is I mean you've built a remarkable practice around helping people in the traditional sense of medication management, being a, you know, being a professional ear and other things like that and you have you've successfully wrapped the world of integrative medicine and making sure that you're focusing on the whole person. A very very nurse oriented kind of approach, right? What their, what their whole needs are, you know, floor nursing, that would be to make sure that your blood pressure is, is stable. And I'll get you that warm blanket Mm. (laughs) from, from a psycho, you know, from a psychological perspective, it's like, let's meet your immediate needs. Now let's manage you. Let's help your medications. And while we're working on that, let's also talk about this bigger picture of how you eat, how you sleep, how you are nurturing your body, which ultimately helps support your brain and your brain chemistry.
1: Yeah. There's a lot in my mind, uh, during appointments that maybe I don't say (laughs) just yet, which is probably true for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so many things. Mm, (laughs) How many things?
0: Yeah. Okay. Are you interested in kind of giving an overview of your integrative model and sharing that with the audience? Sure. We could actually put
1: it in the show notes. I could also. I absolutely will. Anything you want to highlight for the, you know, for those who are listening. Well, the JustinBethanyNP.com, go to services tab, and then underneath services tab, the integrative psychiatry tab. Halfway through that webpage is a graphic that I designed on Canva for free. Mm -hmm. And it it kind of goes through the process. Uh, It's a top-down approach. So functional medicine, their diagrams are chaos theory. It's like circular and there's no beginning and no end. I got rid of that and I made it linear. You start at the top and then you work your way down. So I'm sure you're looking at it now. kind of like an hourglass shape or like a pinball. And so Mm -hmm. there's many different, like I was saying before, there's many different pathways to becoming depressed. So you can see at the bottom of the graphic, there's all these different buckets that you can end up in, kind of like the game Plinko on The Price is Right. (laughs) And so you could end up in the $100 bucket 15,000 different ways. I, in my belief, you could end up with depression or anxiety from many different combinations of insults. And so, at the very top, going up to the very top, is the the environmental pressures upon us, poor diet, stress, toxins, dysbiosis, which is a bad mix Mm -hmm. of gut bacteria, and food sensitivities. And so, this is the functional medicine Mm -hmm. approach. So, we gather information on that. We interview maybe some lab tests, maybe not. Uh, And then the second level down is how your body is compensating for these environmental insults. So your body is going to compensate with stress, but with the trying to keep your blood glucose in balance, your liver and skin and lungs are going to work on detox, trying to balance out toxins and other problems. And then there's gut integrity. You know, we're a donut basically from the mouth on down is the inside of our body, but still actually the outside of the world. And that mm-hmm. lining down all the way down through our, our stomach and our intestines is the, is the barrier between the outside of the world and the inside of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so too much stress, toxins, dysbiosis can cause a breakdown. If that causes a breakdown or our blood sugar it becomes too imbalanced or we're overly toxic, it can dump us into the vicious cycle in the middle of the diagram which is oxidative stress leading to inflammation, leading to further leaky gut intestinal permeability, which can lead to nutrient deficiencies. If we get nutrient deficiencies, that's going to impair the functioning of our mitochondria. Our mitochondria slow down, then we're back into oxidative stress and inflammation. So that is basically the understanding of a lot of different diseases. But the way that it relates to mental health is things that are downstream from all that oxidative stress and inflammation Uh, And nutrient deficiencies are how it impairs neurotransmitter, synthesis, Mm -hmm. removal, and activity. And so you see, you know, everything kind of filters through our own genetics there, and then it it will reach the neurotransmitters. In the middle is the GLU, that stands for glutamate, and then GABA, that stands for GABA, Those kind of like the main excitatory Mm -hmm. and main inhibitory neurotransmitters. They need to be in balance, excessive stimulatory neurotransmitters like dopamine and norepinephrine can lead to altered states of reality and mania and anger and anxiety, inadequate functioning of dopamine and serotonin. Typically, we do get depressed, poorly motivated, fatigued, can't think straight. So this is a diagram, you know, if if I was working with a patient, I would print it out and and write all over it and write, you know, my own little lines Mm. across the page. But it's also a useful tool to, to do that, telling the story back to the patient again.
0: Well, thank you for that.
1: That's, um, it's a good good journey,
0: and we'll make sure we include that in the show yeah, notes. Right. Justin, I don't want to keep you for long, but uh, let's make sure that our audience, and it's going to be in the show notes as well, but let's make sure that everybody knows how they can reach out to you,
1: how they can get the book, how they can get the book for their patients, etc. cetera. Well, I practice in the state of Oregon. I uh, used to be in California, but no longer. So that's JustinBethanyNP.com. And proud of that. And it's B-E-T-H-O-N-E-Y, right? Correct. J-U-S-T-I-N-B-E-T-H-O-N-E-Y. N P for nurse practitioner.com. Uh, that's my private practice. And then the book is the Melta Wellness mm-hmm. So that has a the the mental wellness diet.com. Great. And there's some uh, there's an Instagram account, the mental wellness diet book. Uh, but the website can lead you to that. You can buy through the website off of Amazon, and, and for Kindle and the paperback. There's a the paperback. Okay, great. I will make sure all of that is in the show notes. Great. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I'm just I'm proud myself to be a nurse practitioner, and I know that's kind of like a ah oh, moment, but it's true. Uh, especially with the functional medicine, it you know it's um, helping people help themselves is what I learned uh, year one or month one in nursing school. You know, we don't, that's the medical model helping people. We help people help themselves. Right. And so that is, that's something to be really proud of, of our heritage and what we're doing. I know, you know, nurse practitioners in general are, are kind of experiencing a lot of criticism and second guessing. And that's not great for us, mm-hmm. but we have to, you know, kind of remain confident in who we are and what we do. And I'm proud that I could write a book and I'm the author. And after my name, it says NP. Well, Justin, Thank you so much for joining us today and talking to us about
0: the mental wellness diet book. Appreciate all, all that you've been doing. Yeah, you got it. Likewise. Well, that's it for this episode of Psych cast. We'll see you in our next episode. Don't forget to tell your friends and in whatever podcast system you're in, don't forget to rate us. That helps us get found by other psych NPs. We'll see you next time.